Welcome to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast, where we discuss how the gospel brings us together and keeps us together. We are your hosts, Kenny King. And I'm William Marshall, and we want to encourage Christians to think through how our lives and our churches can be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Hey everyone, welcome to the latest episode of Diversity and Fellowship. We are glad that you are with us today uh, on Season 2, Episode 2, hey, hey, hey. entitled Two Years Later. Two, two, two. two. We did a lot of twos in our uh, episode today. And the reason why we're doing that is because today, as Kenny and I are sitting here recording uh, the podcast is actually the two-year anniversary uh, for the vote for each church to uh, merge together as to become one church. Yes. Pretty cool. September 8th of 2019, um, Kenny's church voted and uh, my church voted. And so both church voted to do it, although it took Kenny a long time. <laughs> it's a whole nother, whole nother story there. Is it weird to there. say happy anniversary to you? <laughs> that is, is that weird, weird. Yes, happy. Yes. <laughs> that sounds weird. That sounds um, pretty weird, right? Yes. Um, but but so today is the two-year anniversary, so we're, we're celebrating that. And we thought what we would do is just kind of... Uh, reflect on that when the when in fact when the when the episode drops on Tuesday, uh, if you're listening to it on Tuesday, the fifteenth is actually the first day that we uh, that'd be two years from when we had our first service together. Yes, as as one. So pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool stuff happening. And so in in kind of this two year anniversary uh, time season, we thought we would spend some time today just kind of reflecting on. Two years uh, together, two years in the merge, and so, uh, so we're just going to walk through some of these questions to talk about this. So, so Kenny, what do you think has gone well in the two years of the merge? You know, w- one thing that has surprised me, mm-hmm. and that has, um, I mean, especially in the environment that we are in, politically, yes, uh, culturally, mm-hmm. all those different areas where controversy seems to be nonstop right. in the world, is that we haven't had any major controversies. Yeah. And, I mean, we think about how COVID came and there's mm-hmm. so many different views and it seemed like they're this people are, are either one of two extremes mm-hmm. and and are you think about the election last yes. year in right. 2020 you think yep. about some of the uh unrest that came with mm-hmm. the protests and all those things right. and uh, a church who is trying to strive for diversity and fellowship to not have any controversy any major controversies mm-hmm. when it comes to those different things I mean, I believe that is uh, the grace of God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, on us at, at that point in time, and and I believe it it reflects our our major our first value. Our mm. first value is lead with grace. Right. And we have tried to <laughs> hammer that. Yeah. And because we knew going in that, okay, w- this is has the potential to mm. have some 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 tension there, right? Right. And so we lean leaning into that and kind of making sure we keep that that value at the forefront. I think it's it's helped us by the grace of God to avoid 
any major controversies. Yeah. What would you add to that, brother? No, I think that's. I mean, I think it's great in the sense that all of those things that you're talking about, even in the George Floyd yes. uh, case. I mean, all of those things were potential bombs, right? Right. I mean, to just and they they absolutely divided the culture. I mean, yes. absolutely divided the culture along racial lines, and so. <laughs> You know, in God's providence, I mean, those things happened in the first two years. I mean, any of those could have been like, no, this isn't going to work. Right. You know, like we hate each other <laughs> or, yes. or whatever. You know, we have different views on these. on these, And so, and yet, I really felt like the Lord, you know, brought us together during this time. And, and, and like you said, you know, leading with grace has been, um, man, just a, a, a real, I think, burden for our members to really do that well, you know. Yes. And that's that's been great. So it's been really in. Encouraging. One of the other things that I think I would say has gone well uh, is real um, kind of buy-in to the vision. Yes. Um, which, which again, um, kind of goes back to that first one is that they're, they're, I think people really want the church to do well. They want yes. the church to succeed. They, they want this kind of, we don't know what we're doing. We're just going to give this a try. You know, like they, right. they want it to, to do well. And so, um, so not only has it kind of been like, hey, we're just going to lead with grace, but there has been too just kind of this, hey, we are, we are in, right? We we yes. want to do what you guys want to do. We want to, uh, we want to reach. There's a particular area in our our city which we kind of refer to as the West End, which is, um, kind of historically been the the black neighborhood, if you yes. would, and and we have a real heart to reach that neighborhood. We've tried to commute, you know, we're trying to communicate that and keep that before the people. And I just feel like, man, there's been great buy-in on that, and um, right. So thoughts on that? Yeah, I w- you know, speaking about going to the West End, the black neighborhood, and right. how hi- historically it's been viewed that hey, if, if you're white, you don't mm. cross the, the railroad tracks. That's yep. kind of the dividing boundary to the West End. We actually literally have railroad tracks. Yeah, literal, literal railroad tracks yeah. that kind of divide this neighborhood from, from the rest of the city. And the, and the idea historically, if you're white, you don't go past those tracks to go into that neighborhood. But to, to see our our white members um, mm. kind of I- embrace the the mission and the vision, mm. and you know what's funny is we'll we'll be in the park on the on the west end on Wednesdays, and it's like okay, it's time to go, and you see them lingering still. Yeah, it's like hey, I'm ready to go. Right, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and right. they're still lingering, trying to be a part of the neighborhood, and, and to to like again that buy in to the vision. Yeah. Um, just has been great and very encouraging to us. Um, another thing I would say um, that's gone gone well is just the different ministries and and the involvement in the ministries. Mm. Um, and I think all of them kind of have a the the foundation of there's been fellowship across the across the racial divide. Yeah, it's that people have been intentional about former relationships with people who are different than them. Mm-hmm. And and because of that, I believe it's is a joy to serve with one another, right? Yeah. And so it, when when we are having discussions about difficult things when when we first, you know, really got started, mm-hmm. uh, and during our gracism discussions, um mm-hmm. those discussions were great because I I feel like people were being intentional about having that relationship with people who are different than them. And those yeah. relation, those conversations were full with, full of grace yeah. because we weren't necessarily trying to offend one another. We we're really trying to lean in and learn from one another. And just so, just so people are clear what, what we did with gracism, this was kind of Kenny's idea. Uh, and it kind of had been modeled at a, at the church that you were at 
in St. Louis, yes. right? And so we would have meals. We started having meals after every uh, service, which, again, is a great thing. doesn't work real well during COVID. But, no. Um, um, and after those meals, Kenny would just kind of throw out, like, something really controversial. Yes. You know, like... Uh, why do white people vote a certain way? Why do black people vote a certain way? Yes. Right. I mean, those types of discussions, just kind of throw that stuff out there. Uh, we would talk about them, you know, look at some of the history, you know, look at some of these different things. And, um, and yeah, so that's what those discussions were for. And we, we actually, <laughs> we were concerned that yes. they could be, you know, could introduce controversy, but they really went well. I mean, they, you know, right. people listen, it seemed like people listened to one another. And so, yeah, it was good. Yeah, good stuff. What else? What were some of the other kind of uh, ministries and stuff that you felt like? Yeah, um, Grace Club. Grace Club was our our Wednesday night for um, kids and and youth in the in the black neighborhood that we did mm-hmm. at the community center, and mm-hmm. just to see once again, just seeing the members buy into that, come together, serve together, um, really try to connect with the kids. That was. Yeah really encouraging Um, and doing grace club at the park again, just really leaning in and and showing up on, on Wednesdays and engaging with the community. Yeah. Um, That was great. I think our services um, and just the preaching again, uh, being able to, to hear my brother preach and, and and, um, you know, black members being able to hear brother William preach and hearing mm. a different perspective and, and not just hearing my voice and, mm. and even singing, like singing songs that you're not necessarily familiar with, right. that, and, but you're actually committed to learning them and singing yeah. them out and singing them out loud, you know? Right. I mean, that, that is really encouraging. That mm. really shows the, the buy-in, Mm. of the congregation and and so those things I feel have been going really well. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And again, pl- areas where we potentially thought could be difficult. Oh I, yeah, we were I mean, I remember thinking as a pastor yes. I was like, man, it's going to be really tough not to be preaching every week. Right. You know, and actually now I I mean, I love it. Like I because one, I get to spend, you know, I can think a little bit more about my next sermon. Right. But, but then also, like you said, I get to listen to good preaching. Like yes. I get to sit with my family. I mean, what a blessing to be able to sit with my family on a Sunday morning and, and, you know, and listen to Kenny preach and, and just be encouraged by the teaching. So I, that's been a great, uh, it's been, you know, w- again, one, one of those things that had the potential to be difficult. Yeah. You know, the Lord just used it to man really in, uh, Courageous. So, all right. Okay. So here's the thing, right? We, when we were when we first were doing this, we used to do all these. We would or we did a few times. We did interviews with people, and they're always asking us, like, "Okay, where's the problems? Where's yes. the difficulties?" Right. So we should we should try to you know try to in looking back over these past two years and kind of looking forward into uh, the future. Where are the areas, Kenny, where we still need work? Yeah. So. Now dealing with a, a a diverse congregation, what I'm able to to see more clearly is kind of the the political idolatry that can happen um, with the minority culture and the majority culture. Right, and it it they're definitely different. There's different issues that that seem to be held onto more tightly, mm. but the the it seems like whether it's talking heads, the news, the politicians, the culture, tradi- tradition, whatever it is, those things can have a an outside 
an outsized influence mm. on people's beliefs mm-hmm. where the word of God should ha- have yeah. more of an influence on. Yeah. And so, and, and, and I think people are leaning into the preaching of the word, the, the mm-hmm. studying of the word, the teaching of the word. But I think they still have these these influences that are they're they're fighting against, right? Yeah, yeah. To to um try to more faith, faithfully live out the word. And don't you so, think? I mean, sorry to interrupt, but don't you? Um, that was really clear with COVID. Yes, because you. I mean, you could hear just the way people talk about COVID, right? And it's like you know what news station they've been watching. Absolutely. I mean, you know who they've been listening to because of the way they're because of even the jargon. I mean, the the terminology that they're using. Yes. <laughs> kind of identifies where they're at. Right. You know, so. Yeah. Very strange, yeah. Was... Very, very strange. And, I mean, like I said, it's very eye-opening to where where at one point, you know, when we before we merged, being in a predominantly African-American church, generally you're dealing with idolatry in, in one form, right? Right, Like, yeah. I, I know what I have to get them to, to kind of lay down and, and to pick up the word in you know, these mm. different issues mm. to think about it from, from a more biblical perspective than a political perspective. Right. But then to have both of those groups in, in one body now and being able to see, okay, well, you're, <laughs> you're holding real firm yeah. uh, to this side and you're holding real firm to this side. Now, how can I get both of you instead to look at it from God's yeah. perspective versus right. Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, whatever you want to call yeah. those different things. Right. Yeah. So I think though, and and you know, there's something that we have to continue to prioritize the Word of God over those things and help people mm-hmm. be able to see this is what God's Word says, and this is even though this goes against everything you've been raised in and everything that you right. you know you like, we yeah. submit to the Word of God above all else, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So what what else, brother? What would you say? Well, we still need work. Yeah, one of the, I mean one of the things that we have to, you know, even now as young men. Yes. <laughs> young men getting man. older, brother. Young men getting older. <laughs> I mean, I think one of the things we have to think through is kind of planning for the future. Yes. I have often referred to you as the unicorn, unicorn right? Unicorn, right. Um, there there aren't a lot of brothers who um, I mean, there's not a lot of African American brothers in rural settings. Yes, who are you know committed to exposition, committed to um, you know some of the things that that you're committed to, and so you know one of the big questions is is well, what happens when, and you know, and the point that you you made you've made to me is, I mean, a lot of a lot of what has happened here at the church kind of just blossomed out of our friendship. Yes. Well, what happens when we're not here? Right. Right. What happens when the Lord calls us home or, you know, whatever. And so I, I think that's one of those things that we have to think, you know, we're going to have to think through. And um, and I, I think it's uh, because we are rural, it, it's hard to imagine like, well, we'll just, you know, find somebody out there who's going to come and commit their life to yes. Sykeston, right, to, <laughs> yeah. to a small town. You know? Right. Because that doesn't always happen. I mean, that that's you know, and so it's almost like this need to raise up someone from Sykeston. Yes. Right now, granted, I'm I'm not from Sykeston, but but you right. are, right? You grew yeah. up here. Part of the reason why you're committed. I mean, you you were in St. Louis. Yes. But the reason why you came back is because and I of, didn't want to come back. That's right. You're like, <laughs> right. I, yes. I don't want to go there. Right. 
But, you know, you felt uh, you felt like the Lord was leading you to come and do what, you mean, be involved in the work that we're doing, right? Yes. Uh, to plan a diverse church and uh, be involved in that. And so, so yeah, you know, trying to just praying and working through, okay, Lord, you know, how do we... Um, how do we transition well, right? Yes. How do we pass on the baton to the next generation and 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 do that in a in in a unique? I mean, you have to say like the the setting is somewhat unique and and for for several different reasons. And, yeah. And so just trying to figure out, okay, how do we do that? You know. Yes. Um, is yeah something we're continuing to to work through. What else would you add as far as maybe um, areas where we still need work? Yeah. So. We voted September the 8th yes. <laughs> of, of 2019. Right. Two years, yeah. And uh, we had our official launch at December the 1st, right? That's right. 2019. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But not too long after that, right. COVID came. Yes. And so, I mean, we were... I mean, really, I mean, right. I mean, in one sense, we were, you know, we were obviously open October, November, yeah. but really had the big push in December, big you know, push in December. Was going good, kicked off January talking about vision and values, you know, preaching. Sir. And I mean, like what we shut down in <laughs> March, March, April. Really? Yeah. March, April. And yeah. So, Just I mean, all yeah, the different momentum killer. COVID stuff yeah, really killed momentum for us. <laughs> and so <laughs> we're trying to figure out right. once how do we um, continue the mission division yeah. during COVID and especially post COVID? How do we mm-hmm. regain that momentum that we had? It seemed like yeah. we, well, I mean, we've existed as a as a church more in COVID than we have wow. outside of COVID wow, at this point. Yeah, yeah that's and right. So we we have to um, figure out, okay, what does it look like to to nurture this diverse mm. church? Uh, in this environment and beyond. Yeah. Right. And we know, I mean, I, man, you know, we uh, we have relationships with other pastors and other brothers in the community, and that is a challenge that, Yeah. I mean, every pastor is facing. If you're, if you're listening here and you are listening and you are a pastor, man, we love you. We're praying for you. Yes. You know, reach out to some other brothers to work through some of those issues together. I mean, that's one of the real blessings is I've, I don't feel like I have to face all that alone. Amen. And I know a lot of brothers are and I feel like they are, and so, man, we— Good grief! If you need to talk to us or whatever, um, please reach out to us. But um, not because we have all the answers, because we do not. <laughs> Absolutely. But we can mourn together and and love on each other and do those types of things. And then and then I, I would say too, if you're listening and you're you're a church member, man, do all that you can, you know, to encourage your pastors and and love on them and pray for them and lead with grace with them. Because I mean, we want we all want to believe that we're post COVID, but. I mean, I, we're not, you know, I yes. mean, there's still cases and there's still stuff happening. And so it's, man, it's just really, really challenging. And so, uh, yeah, I think those are those are places where we're, yeah, we're still going to have to continue to work as we go Amen. forward. All right, Kenny. So let's, two years in, somebody's listening and they're maybe thinking, yeah, if, you know, looking back through over this, what what lessons, what are some of the big lessons that you have learned from the merge, and I'm going to start with one. Start with one. Can I, yeah. can I lead us out? I'll on let this you one? lead us lead okay. us out on that because I, I this one has been somewhat shocking to me. Yes, the first big lesson that I think I've learned is kind of the strength 
of what we're calling the two-pastor model. Two-pastor model. We're coining. We're coining that, right? One, we're right. copywriting it. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about it in your sermon, we're gonna need you're gonna need to reference us. Um, but but what we mean by that is two pastors with equal authority. Yes. When we were kind of looking into the merge, we you know we're just kind of talking with other people, spitballing, you know, brainstorming. Uh, with other folks, and and kind of the prevailing wisdom was, um, two guys can't be in charge. Right. You got to have one guy that's the lead. You yes. Know? And and I've always heard that. I mean, that has always, always in my seminary classes and in all of my classes. Right. It's just kind of now. You know, I've always been open to the idea of a plurality of elders and all that. But even there, there's the first among equals. Right. right. You have the lead pastor. And then you have the you know lay elders or whatever you yes. call the other guys, right? And then you may have some staff pastors and all that kind of stuff. But I think for us, I mean, having now again, our situation is unique, but both of us having equal authority, yes, has actually been a huge blessing. Amen. Um, and I think it's been critical for the health of the church, uh, critical for uh, both groups, right? Uh, the majority group needs to see a minority pastor. Yes, if that's the right if that's the right way to say. And um, and I, and I think even for the minority group to see to have a majority pastor love on them and and try to care for them and amen uh, identify you know and and those types of things. I mean, I just think the value in that has been um, really really encouraging. And uh, we kind of stumbled into it. <laughs> Very <laughs> we, much so. We didn't really know that if it was going to work or not. And uh, and, we, and again, we were kind of flying against conventional wisdom to some degree. And so, man, that has been a huge lesson. And I'm I'm thankful for it, man. I'm just thankful for the way that's the way that's played out. Amen. So, that's, what else? That's What's good. a lesson? What's one that you would um, put on there as a, kind of a lesson that you have learned? Right. This kind of kind of goes to what we're talking about, about the, the no major controversies right. with all the different things going on in the world. But uh, what, I, what I've learned is the that there is, really is truly power in uh, the proximity and the, the intimacy of our relationships. Mm. Because I, I, what I see is I see people who may hold um, different viewpoints and because they know their brother and sister holds the the, the opposite viewpoint, mm-hmm. they will lead with grace. They right. they will, um, you know, kind of tone down what the, what they're saying and That's the right. way they say it mm-hmm. because they love one another. Right. Um. And and the opposite of that is what we see like on social media. Yeah. Right. You don't have any relationship. You have no proximity. No. No intimacy right. in this relationship. You don't even know the person's name. Right. right? Exactly. Right. So. You don't even know if this is a real person That's or a right. bot. That's right. But so you're going to go at this person as hard as you can That's and right. talk and call all types of names and whatnot. But what what I've seen is and just just seen people who I knew. <laughs> Yeah. Do not agree on so many different so yeah. many different levels. Like even if they're having discussions about some issue, they are definitely toning down their rhetoric with one another, right? Because they love one another. Yeah, man, it's and, huge. And yeah, it's such a it's like a like a case study, right? Yeah, that's right. It really <laughs> it, is. Right. It's yeah. A, and, and it's it's been beautiful to see, and that's. I mean, that's something that we, you know, people talk about. Yes, you need relationships in order to, you know, avoid some of that. But it's kind of different than thinking about it theoretically than actually 
seeing it in person. Yeah. Right. It I mean, really does work. You know the name, like you know their name, you know their heart, you you, you love them. Yes. And so this idea that you're going to dogmatically right. come against them. Yeah. Over a, what we'd all agree is probably a secondary issue. You, you just kind of look at that and you're like, I don't, do I want to do, you know, right. Do I want to hurt this person that I love or say this or, and yeah, I mean, just kind of, I mean, I guess we could call it sanctification, right? It just yes. smooths, smooths off some of those rough edges that normally would be there. Um, yeah, that's been, that's been really encouraging. I, I think that's yes. been a real, um, you know, one of the, one of the real encouraging things. We, we agree that that's just been beautiful to watch. Right. Um, yeah, so one one final one I would add, I think, and I think we both would agree with, is that um, one one of the more unique ideas, or at least the more uh, somewhat unique things about kind of what we were what we were trying to pull off with the merge is that um, there are merges and stuff that happen in the cities, uh, yes, in uh, kind of different leaning areas, but uh, Sykeston, our area, is extremely conservative, deep red, deep red, deep what, red. Yes, that maybe that should we turn? Is that can we coin that? We too? can't. We can't coin oh, that. Oh, we already we're uh, borrowing that. Yes, you're gonna need a reference. Um, so, so we are yes, very conservative, deep red area, and it you know it's kind of one of those things. Was like, is this gonna actually work? Yeah, in, in our city, you know, is this gonna work in 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 this type of an area? You know, and um. And I think what's been encouraging is that it, I mean, it absolutely can. Right. And um, that it that it not only that not only can it work, but it, it you know it's it's something that um, you know churches should try to think through. Yes. I mean, a lot of time in rural areas, you know, you don't have necessarily a diversity in the population. You right. Know, you have areas where that are you know they're just mostly you know mostly African American or mostly um, mostly white. Um, but man, in those rural areas where there are where there is diversity in the population, and let's just be honest, ours has a pretty ugly history. Yes, uh, in ours, and so it's not like oh, it was already set up to succeed. No. Um, but even in an area like that, like you can do this, and um, man, it I I think people lean into it. I think it's encouraging. It's not just encouraging in the local body, but it's encouraging in the community at wide. I mean, we always are, uh, you know, just. Uh, people have been just so encouraging to us as we've talked with them about the church and they've had questions about it. And so, so I think that's been great. And, and, and we, you know, surprise, are we surprised by that? Kenny, is that, would you say you're surprised? Um, not necessarily surprised because I believe that like Jesus does and yeah. can bring us together. That's right. Like Jesus is greater than any of our That's right. other divisions. But I do think that it's it can be harder in that environment, mm. like for the reasons you said. Mm. And Harder I, than like in a city. In or, a city, right, yeah, yeah. where, mm. you know, you have different ethnic groups in, in like greater – greater proportions than what you do in rural areas. And they tend to lean a little bit more left. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, the, the, the good thing is, is that, and and the thing that I, you know, want to hold up, like you can, you can pursue diversity and fellowship. You can pursue unity 
and hold to the word of God. Amen. Right. Yeah, it's not right. something to where you have to sacrifice the word yeah. uh, for the sake of unity. Like mm. I, I can hold firmly to the true gospel of Jesus Christ and yeah. the word of God it's good. and uh, fight for unity with my brothers and sisters. And it can work even in this context. Amen. So cool. Just praise God for that. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Well, uh, so we have a, a funny uh, <laughs> diversity of fellowship resource for you today. So, Kenny, yes. you want to lay that out for us? Yes. Our uh, diversity of fellowship resource is actually our Facebook page. Yes. So you can go to our Facebook page and kind of get an idea of because what... we are egocentric. Today, yes. Yes. Right? This is all a about a day us. in the life of Grace Bible Fellowship Sykeston. Yes. Yeah. No. DBF I mean, Sykeston. Yeah. And, we do encourage you because you can kind of see what our services are like. Right. Because the whole thing's on there. Yes. If you want to, right? We're thankful that you're right. listening to the podcast. You don't have to listen to us preach, but it's there. It's a resource. <laughs> yeah. Check that out. Right. Uh, so, yeah. What about, uh, so our crazy question for yes. today will be, in the two years, in the in the merge, the two years, two what years. has been, I'll give you kind of some options here. What has been the most awkward and or encouraging moment so so for the awkward part of that i'm just yes. going to point people to season one yes. the reparation chicken it is a great story <laughs> so and there are a lot of awkward moments but they're yes. funny too so yes. go back and listen to the reparation chicken episode you'll have mm. a few laughs in that one yeah but the most encouraging moment so september 15 2019 was our first service we agreed that i would preach that sunday Yes. And so we are together as one church and I walk up to the pulpit. I turn around and I see the culmination of yeah. the reason why I came to Sykeston. Yeah, it's good. Like I had been pastoring a, a, an African-American, predominantly African-American church for the past four, three, four years. And that wasn't the vision. The vision right. was always to have a diverse church. Mm. And and to see that and to see how God allowed me to see that vision come to fruition, I almost lost it. Yeah, that's good. And, and and the beautiful thing about it is somebody took a picture of that moment. Yeah, that's <laughs> and right. So it's like it's my screensaver. Another it's, reason to go to Facebook, right? <laughs> it is my screensaver. It's right. on our page. It is everything. It's just, right. it's just such a beautiful moment to be able to see uh, that diversity realized. That's um, cool. So yeah, what about you, brother? What is your most awkward? Well, my awkward. Moment? I'm gonna get. I'm. Uh, <laughs> so one Sunday we showed up, and this was in the middle of the kind of the pandemic, and pandemic, everything was crazy, and it dumped snow on us. <laughs> right, and so we had to cancel <laughs> a service, but we went. Uh, and we we didn't do anything. We didn't right? do anything. We and couldn't get to the building. We couldn't. Yeah, nothing <laughs> happened. And uh, and Tyrone was thinking that he was gonna preach, or that. <laughs> I think what I think what it was is that Tyrone thought that we went ahead and preached when we didn't. We just kind of did an yeah. online thing. We kind of, we'll just be honest, we were doing the best we could. We kind of right. scrambled something together, and so we did that. And so then we were going to come back the next week and pick back up where we were. Right. Which meant I was going to be preaching. Yes. Yet Tyrone came that Sunday <laughs> in his suit ready to preach. Re in right? his preaching suit. He had his preaching suit on. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, so man. We actually laugh a lot about that. Yes. Now. So, um, 
But anyway, yeah, that was, <laughs> in the moment, I was like, oh, goodness. I don't know what to do about that oh, one, man. Kenny, you're going to have to explain <laughs> right. what's happening. So anyway, there, there was that. One of my most, one of my most encouraging ones, I'll share this. Um, we, uh, when we did, when we, first time we did uh, uh, Grace Club. Yes. We're down in the neighborhood, you know, we're praying, we're praying that, that man, we want to reach this community. And we we've kind of planned and organized and done it done it got it together tried to advertise do all the things that you, you know you're supposed to do. We get there it's like five minutes till and there is nobody there. Right. I mean nobody. I, I mean our people. There's yes. Like people from the church and there's like nobody from the neighborhood there and I'm like oh lord, <laughs> you know what are we doing? <laughs> this is not going to work. And I think we went ahead and prayed like because we start each grace club with a meal and so we prayed yeah. for the meal and then after we prayed it was like slowly but surely people from the neighborhood started coming in. Yes. And I mean, we had a really great group that night. Right. And I was like, man, look at the Lord answer our prayers. Amen. You know, look at the Lord uh, do this work. And so that was a, that was just a super encouraging moment for me. So, well, good, uh, good stuff. Uh, thank you guys for uh, listening to us reminisce on the past two years of the merge. If you ever have any questions about uh, the merge or what's going on at the church or, or uh, anything like that, man, feel free to, to shoot us those. We'd love to even talk about them on the podcast or yes. uh, talk with you in, in some, some, some other way. But, uh, but thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll catch up with you next week. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to the Diversity and Fellowship podcast. If you want to join the discussion, please send us your questions and your comments to diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. That's diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep laboring by God's grace to be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ.